classes in session for the black and nerdy. Welcome to the Blurred Alliance University. Let's go. Blurred Alliance University, you know what it is. You rocking with J-Rock? McFly Smith. Here comes the most anticipated episode of the entire year. The last episode of the year, episode 31. But y'all know what it is. It is the 2024 Blurdy Awards. Blurdy. One day we'll have actual sound effects. But until then, we rocking with the voices. But again, you know we don't miss. We watched a ton of movies this year. I think I counted on my letterbox. At least the movies I, of course, like rated and reviewed. I think I watched like 75 movies this year, bro. That came out this year. Yeah, same. No, you didn't. That's okay though. And that's okay though, because you know, like I said last, same. like I said last episode, you know, it's okay if I gotta carry us. You know what I'm saying? I got you for now. One day you're gonna have to pull your own weight though. We'll get there. We will. Anyways, <laughs> back to you, Jeff. <laughs> but if we really hosted an award show, our shit would be so lit. <laughs> No, for real. It would be like, yeah, no, it would, it would, because yet again, it's me. Um, oh, but, okay, yeah, you, you know, you. Yeah. yeah, it's the blurties. What this third year, huh? Third year of the blurties, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. You know, I ain't gonna lie. Shout out my auntie because she's the one who told us to do an award show that first year we started. Yeah, so facts. here we are, here we are. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, y'all enjoy our picks. We got a lot to talk about. It's going to be some funny shit, and don't be mad when I roast the fuck out y'all movies. Yeah, let's get this okay. out the way. Let's get this out the way. Go ahead and say your piece before we get into You know how much, Marco, Marco, you listening to me? <laughs> not, Marco. Not name dropping. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, big Marco? Don't be coming from my head, all right? I actually got a couple solid little flicks you do. that, you know, you I'm going to embrace. Even ones y'all didn't expect me to watch. I'm really going to be like, hey, this is actually pretty good. But when it comes to the part of destroying that motherfucker <laughs> completely, <laughs> I need y'all to respect it uh-huh. and keep the boundaries. Because uh-huh. once again, I'm at the smack that place. <laughs> said I'm going to have to spank some niggas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Nah, bro. but for real, this I feel like I'm doing good this year. I watched yeah. some shit that I didn't even think I was gonna watch. Facts. So so here we are. I so will hopefully say, already. I will advocate for my bro. He really did put in work this year. He he was watching shit I didn't think he was ever gonna watch. I'll get I'll give it to him. And y'all gonna find out is which movies we talking about when we get into it in some of his picks. So I will advocate for you, bro. You did like and this year, to be fair. Like you said, it's our third year. Last year, our first year was hella solid. Like 2021 was a really solid year for movies, I feel yeah. like. like. We had some really good shit to talk about. Last year? Look, man, last year was a pretty bad year for, for it was movies. Garbage. For it was bad. So I can understand why you feel like, you know, we was really we was really dogging some movies out. Because we had to. We're going to keep it real. Y'all listen to us for us to keep it real, right? And that's exactly what we're going to do. But this year, I feel like, was better, too. This year was yeah. was pretty solid. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think that's, yeah, because we talked about it. I feel like, you know, we took a step back with the comic book shade. Mm-hmm. There were still some that came out. Yeah. But most of all, I feel like a lot of these, you know, directors, producers, writers, actors, actresses, all put their big boy and big girl pants on <laughs> and went to work. Okay? Yeah. So stop playing with me. They did. They did. 
And with that being said, that's a good segue, bro. Talking about the comic book shit. See, I rock with you. All right. You really starting to pull your own way. I feel you trying. I you know feel you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm picking that bag up, man. <laughs> but for I'm real. I'm doing my best. We're going to kick it off with the best Marvel movie of the year. I mean, this year, we all know Marvel struggles. We know what has happened with their TV shows, with their movies. Um, some better than, better than others, of course. But for us this year, we're actually on the same page with this one. Hands down, the best Marvel movie this year was Across the Spider-Verse. I mean, we did have a, a slight conversation about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because that is also a very solid movie. Like, Marvel really did their thing with that. James Gunn, shout out to you. But overall, animated or live action, it does not matter. Across the Spider-Verse was a moment. Like, it really affected the culture with how good it was. And I feel like there's no other answer. You feel me? How you feel about Across the Spider-Verse, bro? No, I mean, like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy, that was actually because I was going in thinking like, oh, this might be okay. But mm-hmm. they did a they did a really good job. Yeah. I really think they did. And but when it comes to, you know, Spider-Verse, I don't know, that shit, it really had me sitting on my seat for real. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit. Like you remember at the end when they all coming together and they're getting ready to think. I was I was ready. I was ready sitting that bitch for three hours. Yeah. So to me, if you could pull some shit like that, that means you did a really good job. So unfortunately, it was close though. It was close. Unfortunately, it was. You know, that took the cake for real. Cause that story, the action, you know, the emotions that we felt with Miles mm-hmm. and not being able to speak to his parents and tell them the truth, that shit really cut deep for real. So yeah, I really fucked with that movie. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, for an animated movie to be two hours and twenty minutes. And like you said, to still feel like you can sit there and still enjoy more of the story if they really wanted to. Like, they could have made that shit Oppenheimer length, and I wouldn't even have tripped. I'd have been like, look, we locked in. And I saw that shit in 40X, so the seats was moving. I was like on a I was floating with that nigga through the city when he was swinging. Like, it was a real experience. And like I said, like, it was a cultural moment, bro. Like, after watching that movie, it was... I don't want to say that it changed the way people talk, but I feel like it did affect the way people talk about animated movies and the stories they tell. Because the first one, Into the Spider-Verse, definitely did. I mean, we see the influence that that has had on animation already. And that shit just came out in what, like 2018? And like for the sequel to that movie, still further and push those boundaries too with how many worlds they visited, how many different Spider-Men they fought. Like, even in the first, in the opening scene, when Gwen was fighting Vulture, and Vulture was from, like, a Da Vinci universe, and it had, like, the little drawings, like, he was out of literally, like, a sketchbook. I ain't never seen no shit like that, bruh. And they just keep pushing those boundaries, and hopefully they start giving their visual effects artists and and all them fair pay and enough time to keep doing this, because this is not easy. Like, I'm not an animator. I don't even like to draw. But I can imagine how hard working on this movie was. And I really appreciate everyone from the actors to the crew to the animators. Anyone who had a hand in this movie, y'all really did y'all thing. Y'all ate. For real. For real. For real, for real. Like, for real. Yeah. So, first award, best Marvel movie, goes to Across the Spider-Verse. What we got next, dog? That's a great question. You know, y'all know I be not used to the lines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next up, we got 
best DC movie and <laughs> RIP DC. Here y'all go. I watched one. <laughs> Actually, I think I watched two this year. I watched I think I you watched did. uh the Shazam and then I mm-hmm. watched Blue Beetle. Okay? And mm-hmm. I gave it to I think we both did, but I gave it to mm-hmm. Blue Beetle for show, you know? My nigga from Karate Kid, you know what I'm saying? George Lopez up in there, you know what I'm saying? It was it was real live. Do I think it could have been better? Yes. Do I think it can mm-hmm. still carry on? Yes. I really was fucking with this movie. Now, the chemistry to me with him and that girl, I didn't really feel it. But that's the only thing I could say. And that, it was it was sunny. The fighting scenes was cool. <laughs> the acting was all right. I wasn't expecting, you know, fucking RDJ and Oppenheimer, but here we are. <laughs> but overall, yeah, we picked, we picked Blue Beetle. I fucked with it. What you think, bro? I agree with everything you said, bro. I mean, I watched the same two DC movies you watched this year, too. I watched Shazam. I watched Blue Beetle because I wasn't finna watch Flash. Wasn't finna watch Aquaman. Didn't do that. So it was really between those two. And Shazam really ain't that good. So the default was Blue Beetle. Now, is that saying Blue Beetle is bad? No. Because like I said, I agree with you that Blue Beetle is a solid movie. Like, and as an origin story, it was really solid. Introduce the character. Introduce the fam. Make sure that the family ties were up front and center. You know, could I see influences of other movies on this film? Sure. I mean, the nigga had his own ancestral plane to visit his pops that just died. Like, it was literally the exact same thing as Black Panther. But I'm not mad at it. I wasn't mad at it at all. And like you said, the chemistry between him and the love interest was like, did we really need this? No, because they wasn't really rocking like that. Um, But as an origin story, it honestly, I could just say they didn't fuck it up. Yeah. They didn't fuck it. They didn't make it boring. They didn't. Uh, they had a charismatic lead. Zolo is a really good lead. I think he was a great Jaime. Um, after seeing him from Cobra Kai and kind of like seeing him grow up through the Cobra Kai and then getting his own movie, I thought that was really cool. And I hope they do have plans for him in James Gunn's new DCEU. But like you said, man, it this was a pretty easy pick. Yeah, they're yeah. like come it was on, smooth. We're we gonna pick the Flash. It was smooth. It was really smooth. I really thought mm-hmm. they did it well for being two hours. I think yeah. they added just the right amount. They didn't go over the top. They kept it leveled. I think and only because I always have issue with slow motion and a lot of excessive uh, screaming. Okay. I think he yelled just a little bit too much for me. Yeah. But yeah. Overall, for DC to end it this year with that on his category, yeah. I, I I'm mad at it. So hopefully James Gunn yeah. does pick it up and they can move forward with it because I think he's came a long way and hopefully he can finally grow his beard out because I know he tired of shaving that motherfucker to look 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, they pushing it. They pushing his age for real. Like he's not as boyish as Tom yeah. Holland, which is a detriment to this like him playing a teenager. Which is also cool because, of course, Tom Holland's gonna get right. to go to college and finally like grow up in his Spider Man role if they continue. But, like, they're pushing it with Zolo, for real. It's like, ah, all right, dog. Like, you're not that young no more. You're not that young no more. And I also, yeah, yeah, I also think I really like this movie because you could tell that so much love for their culture went into it. Like, I I can always commend that. And the screening I went to, the director was actually there, too. And they let him talk a little bit 
before they showed the movie. And he talked about how much like love and passion went into the movie, especially for the Hispanic community and just making sure, you know, they do their culture justice. And I feel like they did. I mean, I'm not Afro Latino or Hispanic of any sort, not that I know of. So I take y'all's word for it that they, they did really well with it. And I thought they did too. So like I said, it was an easy pick straight up. Shout out blue beetle for real. Yes, sir. So best DC movie, Blue Beetle. Now we're going to get into another category that we just be making up because not everything has to be like the Academy Awards. If it was, it'd just be really boring. So we got an award for the realest nigga in cinema. Now, this is a nigga that displays all the attributes of a real nigga. He's loyal to the soil. He's going he gonna <laughs> to do what he needs to do. He's going to handle his biz. And for us, I think this was really easy this year, too. It's John Boyega from They Clone Tyrone. That part. Very easily. Very easily. As soon as I watched the movie, he was doing what needed to be done. He knew things needed to change, and he was going to be that agent of change no matter what, by any means necessary. And I don't want this to sound like, oh, he's a real nigga because he was a drug dealer in the movie. Like, that's not what we're saying. He was a real nigga because, again, he saw change needed to happen in his community. He realized they were stuck in the same in the same generational curses, generational trauma that the whole neighborhood I've been subjected to for years. He figured out why. Look, I don't want to spoil it for you. I mean, it's been out for a while. So if we do spoil it, that's on y'all. It It's easily accessible. Like y'all got to watch the shit. But he saw what was happening. He saw what people, particularly white people, were doing to his community. And he changed it. He knew it had to change. He knew he couldn't just be a drug dealer for the rest of his life. He knew that... This wasn't his purpose, and he went out and did something about it. And that's personally why I think he was the realest nigga in any of the movies I watched this year. But what you think? No, I agree. I agree with everything he said because it's true. Because to me, it's kind of like like in Boys in the Hood when Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne was talking about, you know, why they put liquor stores on every corner, why this is there, why that's Mm -hmm. there, y'all killing each other for what? For what? Just because you got bragging rights about it, or? You don't want to die either. I get that. But in this case, you know, you got John Boyega, you got Jamie Foxx, you got, what's her name? Tiana Paris. You got all three of them, and they all came together from separate things. You got a pimp, you got a hoe, you got a drug dealer. Come together to take over, to do what's right for their community. It wasn't just about Mm -hmm. them anymore and how they live and what they need. They wanted more out of life, and I think that's the beauty inside that movie because they could have just settled. Mm-hmm. They could have gave up, which he did showcase in that as well. And if we talking Boyega from Star Wars days to now, my nigga Ragens is impeccable right now. <laughs> Bruh, they letting them eat. They letting them eat. They letting the nigga cook. You know what I'm saying? They had him locked up in them Disney 360 deals. That nigga got free and said, hey, y'all really think I'm just this nigga Finn? I'm gonna show y'all what I can do. He really he showcased telling you. He really doing it. And it's and it's and that reminded me too, not to bring him up, but Jonathan Majors playing all Kong. Mm -hmm. You got this man playing a clone of himself every single time. Mm -hmm. And all they can do is continue on that story because there's still more of him. And I think that's the best Mm -hmm. part where it's like you're sitting there, you know, there's a lot of remakes, there's a lot of sequels and prequels. But that was the first time I'm like, shit, make another one. I'm actually interested in this motherfucker. I want to see where this goes. I want to see what more y'all could do. And to have those moments where they are like pinpointing what the white community can do to us and how they treat us and where they put us and they just try to maintain us in this little fucking bubble. 
That shit was that shit was that was cinema, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was cinema, nigga. That shit was cinema, so, nigga. For real. <laughs> real nigga or goes to my man's for easily. Yeah. What's next, dog? Uh next up, best actress. I didn't put nothing just cause and don't get mad. I'm not saying there wasn't like We're gonna get into it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. You know, whatever. <laughs> but go ahead, bro. What'd you pick? For me, I picked Danielle Brooks from a color purple or the color purple. Um, I had already seen it. <clears throat> I know you hadn't seen it yet, so you didn't didn't get to see really any other performances from a color purple. Um, but I mean Taraji did her thing in the movie. Fantasia, you know, she always gonna sing down. Whatever you give her, she's gonna she gonna make it her own and really, really show out. And she was on the um in the Broadway show. Um, so was Danielle Brooks. Um, and I think even as a say as a supporting actress, she stole every single scene she was in. And to see her talking about John Boyega's growth, to see her coming from Orange is the New Black when that shit was popping off on Netflix, and to see where she's at in her career now, I mean, this shit is beautiful, bro. Like she she is such an amazing actress in a way that you feel like she embodies her role. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like, you know, when you see an actor or actress. And they have a certain role and it feels like, oh, they're just reading their lines. Like, this isn't really them. Like, she feels like she is actually that character. Like, almost, I would, for another example, how we talk about Paperboy, Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. Paperboy is completely different than how he is in real life. Remember the first time we saw an interview and he was speaking in his regular voice, we were like, damn like he really changes everything about himself to be paperboy that's how i feel about danielle brooks and what she accomplished in the color purple and danielle brooks can also sing down too like she was going crazy and to have this role she plays the role that oprah played in the original color purple the movie and to see this role where she's just this strong no nonsense she don't take no shit she's just this strong woman And then to see her go from that to being broken down by the system that's in place, by racism. I mean, she gets beat in the street by police officers, gets locked in jail for years, can't see her kids. And the only way she gets out of jail is that she has to essentially be a servant to the white woman. That was the cause of her getting beat up. And then to also see her heal from that, like there's just such a cycle with her character that she embodied. And and yeah, she ate that role down, bro. So Danielle Brooks. They're going to say you a supporting actress. I get it, but she's a star. So oh, best yeah. actress, Danielle Brooks, color purple for real. Love that, bro. That's dope. Nah, I wish I had time to see it. The nigga was busy. Yeah. Nah, I feel you. Like, I, I probably wouldn't have seen it either if it wasn't for, like, the screening I went yeah. to. But, yeah, and to your point, not picking uh the best actress for for this category, I mean, like you said, it's not because, you know, you don't think any actresses just deserving or anything but i know we talked a little bit about why you didn't pick one so if you could go into a little bit more detail about why you didn't see anyone or like didn't pick anyone for this category i just feel like you know there wasn't like a lot of women dominating roles like there wasn't like Mm -hmm. they weren't like the main character for me like most of the movies i watched they were either supporting like the wife or the girlfriend or something or just mm-hmm. a friend or just something there wasn't like anything that was like top tier to where i'm like oh yeah best actress right there and that's on me because obviously i wasn't watching like a lot like i should have 
Um, but that's because the strike was going on. So I just took it as a pass. I didn't know how long it was going to end. I was like, yeah, whatever. Mm. But to me, that's on me. But overall, still shout out to all the beautiful women, all the incredible actresses out there because they really do do their thing and they deserve just as much accolades as the next person. But unfortunately, this year, I just ain't got it. Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, to your point, man, like, I feel like there's going to be a topic for another day, too, because, I mean, we could talk for a minute about it, but just the roles that we see women in, they they aren't showcased or highlighted like their male counterparts, for real, especially not movies that are considered blockbusters or mainstream movies. Of course, like you can see actresses like Emily Blunt Oppenheimer and and stuff like that. But then again, she's also considered a supporting actress like she's she's not the lead. And like, of course we can get into like the nuances of language and like best actress as opposed to supporting actress and stuff like that. Um, and that's why I gave the best actress award to Danielle Brooks, because people are going to say she is supporting because she's technically not a lead. She's not the lead Fantasia. is, Right. But I feel like Danielle Brooks really owned every, even in scenes she's in with Fantasia. She is the, the star of those scenes. So um, like I said, we, we can get into a whole conversation about like, roles that are offered to women um the amount and percentages of movies that have women in leading roles as opposed to male leads but like i said we we drop an episode every week so we're gonna have time we 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 don't have time to get into it yeah yeah (laughs) but again best actress for me danielle brooks in the color purple the next category again category we made up we had the realest nigga so we gotta have the fakest nigga award you're gonna have one you gotta have the other for me personally it's jonathan majors in creed 3 it has to be. That nigga was such a bitch. Like, he was such a hoe, bro. Like, he used his man's got out of jail. Yo, Donnie, what's up, man? I just need I just need a chance. Let me train in your gym. Everybody telling this nigga Donnie, bro, this nigga's crazy. Look at this man. This man's in a full fucking... <laughs> Don't stop talking about Dookie. In a full gray sweatsuit and combat boots, showing up to the gym ready to box. No, this nigga's crazy, Donnie. Don't let him do it. I'm gonna give him a shot at the title this first fight. Nigga, what? How does this even work? Like, and then you surprised when he starts talking bad about you and he's like, Yeah, I used you to get back in a fighting game. How are you surprised? Like, he's a fake nigga. Look at this man. Come on, bro. If y'all seen Creed 3, you already know this nigga's fake. I ain't even got to go into too much detail. But for me, personally, fake nigga in Cinema Award goes to Jonathan Majors in Creed 3. What about you, dog? Uh, I picked Rachel Sinat, I believe, from Bottoms. I swear to um, God, this this girl was pissing me off the whole movie. Like, I'm, I'm all for, you know, chasing the girl, get the girl, whatever. But yeah. she, she was just too out of pocket for me. And even towards the end, it was all rainbows and sunshines for niggas because they came together. But mm-hmm. her apology was weak as fuck to me personally. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. still used the club for her own benefit. And then anyone that spoke up over her got fucking like banished or cussed out or whatever she felt like. And I just didn't feel like she owned up to all the issues she caused. And kind of everyone else was like, oh, yeah, I forgive you, whatever. But to me, a bitch was a bad friend. She was a user. And she didn't even check to see if the girl she liked was even on that team. She just kind of was like, fuck it. I can get what I want. Nah, that's not how the world works. And to me, there needs to be consequences. I know it's just a raunchy comedy, whatever. But <laughs> if we think logically, 
This bitch need her ass kicked. <laughs> nah. And to your point, like, yeah, <laughs> she needs consequences for sure. And to your point, it's an R-rated raunchy comedy with niggas. Like, niggas die in that movie, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> so, like, she could have at least got her ass whooped a little more. Because, like you said, she used the club to her own benefit. She treated her friends like dog shit. Man. They lied to Marshawn Lynch when he was really down. Like, he was really down for their cause. Like, he's like, oh, I'm rocking with y'all. Lied to him about the whole premise of their whole fight club just because she wanted to get some pussy from a girl that really ain't even rock with her like that. And it was obvious the girl didn't rock with her like that. So, like, you're treating everyone around you, people that genuinely care about you so terribly. And then, like you said, at the end, it's all sunshine and rainbows. Like, for what? Io should have swung on her a few times. I'm telling you. A few times. They was way too forgiving for me. You know what I'm saying? Like Jill Scott and wedding and uh motherfucking <laughs> Why did I get married? Why did I get married? I I can't handle that. I need a level of pettiness at some point here. <laughs> some niggas deserve it. Okay. <laughs> some niggas just deserve it. <laughs> hey, and that's why I feel about Creed 3. Donnie got his lick back. He like, look, nigga. <laughs> We got to score up and fight now. I've been retired for a minute, but, like, I still have to fight you based on principle. I had you in my house, nigga. Like, around my kid, around my wife. And I show up to the beach, and you going to punch me in front of all your niggas? Pull the, pull the, pull the blicky out to him, bruh. Like, and again, why was Donnie surprised? Everybody told this, man. Like, look at, look at, <laughs> what's his, what the fuck's his name? Look at Dane's face, bruh. Donnie, look at him. He's crazy. He's unhinged. And you want to act surprised when he go off the rails and really beat your fighter's ass in the ring, take his belt, and now he's like, I'm the best in the world after one fight. One fight. He should have known the way he was leaning on his whip when he walked out of the gym that it was it was smoke on sight. To me, it's like, nigga, you didn't even know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> we was like, brothers, were you? I don't think so. I think my nigga took that brother thing to a T. Because, <laughs> bro, even if, say one, one of us went down, right? If we got out after years, I would still recognize. I would at least recognize you, dog. Like, I'd be like, oh, there's the Columbus short looking ass nigga. That's DJ. You feel me? I'd be like, all right, cool. You leaning on my car. I wouldn't even have no problem with it because it's like, that's bro. But in this movie, what? Why are you looking at me like that? You think you slick. Now, if you get these people started and they actually look this nigga up, <laughs> we gonna have a problem. You said it, not me. I didn't. Now they have the idea to actually look Columbus Short. I didn't tell them to. I just said, "Oh, there's that nigga. You look like Columbus Short." I, Anyways, Vegas niggas, Jonathan Majors, Rachel Sinet. Next category we added today, actually, best villain. We chose High Evolutionary from the Guardians. What you think about yeah. him, Brett? I mean, he was just diabolical, dog. Like, there's a certain level of menace that a villain has to have to make you actually either angry or feel afraid of them in a theater. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, almost every movie has a villain. And sometimes you're just like, eh, I beat this nigga ass for real. And in real life, like, he don't move me for, like, we could throw hands with powers or without powers. I don't really care. But this nigga, like... He was unhinged to the part. I think what made him so scary was that he be- he genuinely genuinely believed in everything he was doing and that it wasn't wrong. 
And like he'd be so calm at one point, even with dealing with Rocket when Rocket was like a little kid or like a little raccoon, whatever. And he was like trying to teach him stuff and he would be so nice at one point and then like immediately just snap. And I don't know. Like it it was so unsettling, especially to see him do that to animals that you gave consciousness to, at least like a human level of consciousness. Like now, like they're learning, they're super smart, they can speak English, they have languages now, like, and to kill his friends in front of him. Like the way, hey, shout out Bradley Cooper while we're on this topic. Shout out Bradley Cooper for his voice acting performance for Rocket in Guardians 3. Because the scream he let out when High Evolutionary shot the otter, I was like, yo, that was heartbreak. Like, I felt pain in my chest. I was like, this is crazy. And the High Evolutionary had no problem. Like, bro, it was cool as a cucumber. Like, yeah, I killed her. And you're still going to do whatever I tell you to. You're still whatever. I made you. And I can kill you just like I killed her. So you better act right. You better get with the program, whatever the case may be. And the fact that his face was stretched over his skin, like his skin was stretched over his skull. And just the, I think you can identify with people that go through very traumatic experiences with one person, like one person that's caused them so much pain, whether it's physically, emotionally, verbally. I mean, he did all three to Rocket. Like he was, he's just a menace, bro. He was just a menace. So that's why I gave it to him, but what about you? No, seriously. That nigga was diabolical. That nigga was the Antichrist. That man <laughs> had some serious problems, and he played the fuck out of that part. Bruh. And if we're talking villains in Marvel, that nigga's up there. <laughs> but he topped, he topped three. Off the top of my head, he's top three. Bruh. Easy. Bruh. And I feel like like around that time is kind of when things were going like like left for Marvel. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like his role kind of got swept under the rug. And I think that's why I kind of wanted to bring it back up because he really played the fuck out of that. And hey. and like you said, like I really was like, oh nigga, you really might fuck me up. <laughs> like you yeah. you really might kick my ass. And it's crazy to think someone like that who literally thinks everything he does is correct. And if you're even the slightest, slightest, smallest, anything other than perfect, nigga, you're dead. Like, he kills mm-hmm. you. It, like, it does not matter. At the end of the day, it's about what he wants. And if you're not doing the proper thing that he's looking for, nigga, you're axed. He didn't hold yeah. shit back. Like, think about it. He was ready to blow that whole fucking community up. Like, he was like, whatever, we're going to start over. Nigga, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What? You just go go atomic bomb this place? <laughs> Bruh. He was wow. <laughs> like, like, like bruh. And that's why I feel like Guardians really was that. Like it was really that good. And mm-hmm. to me to come from, from him to like you said, Bradley Cooper and Rocket to feel that emotion and having this other person, this villain who feels nothing at all, it was just cold ass combo. Yeah, yeah. The dichotomy worked very well. Yeah. For for Rocket to be so emotional. Cause we haven't seen Rocket like yep. that so far. First two Guardians, Infinity War, Endgame. Rocket's the badass, you know what I'm saying? He's he all cracking jokes. He's acting stupid. I mean, we kind of saw a glimpse into Rocket in volume two with yeah. Yandu. 
because Yandu really connected with him because he's like, bro, I'm just like you. Like, yep. I know exactly why you act like this. It's because you're scared to let anyone love you because you're scared to lose them. And then going to Guardians 3 and see how we actually had a love. Like, that friend group with the warriors, with the otter, like, they were really homies with the rabbit. And, like, him and the otter really were, they were essentially in love, bro. Like, that was his, that was his girl for real. And to have her die in your arms after you think you're set free, because he got her out. They were hugging. Bruh, shot her cold. Rocket screaming. High evolutionary just standing there, cold as fuck, just like, yeah, act right, nigga. Like, tighten up. And like you said, to go from a personal level with all the stuff he did to Rocket to going completely left and being able to just kill a whole community essentially a whole planet of people you create you created the people and it's like ah they ain't perfect so everybody gotta die next <laughs> like yo he's such a layered villain and i they cooked with him they, they cooked with him straight i up. might watch that shit today now like talking no, about it like i got enough problems <laughs> Nah, that shit. Yeah, that he gave an amazing performance, bro. And to see him in Peacemaker, because did you watch Peacemaker with John Cena? Yeah, you know, someone actually told me he was in that. No, I didn't watch Peacemaker. Yeah, he's one of the main characters in in Peacemaker. He's on Peacemaker's team. So to see him go from that, because that was the first thing I saw him in, and then to see him be the lead villain in a Marvel movie and just to completely kill that shit, bro. Like, shout out. Let me look this man's name up. Cause Chuck Woody Iwuju, I don't know if I said that right, bruh is African, but y'all know exactly who we talking about. Shout out to you, bruh. You 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 did what needed to be done for real. So best villain, high evolutionary. Now we get into more traditional categories. We're just gonna go straight into best actor. For me personally, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer. Um I know it seems like such a basic pick, and I, it really is. I'm not even gonna hold you. It is a pretty basic pick, but Killian Murphy really embodied what a lead actor should be. Because Oppenheimer is not a franchise movie. Sure, it has one of the best directors of our time and one of the most famous and popular directors of our time attached to it. So of course, people are gonna go see it. Um, but for him to be able to carry a movie like this with a great ensemble cast, too. You got RDJ in there killing it. You got Emily Blunt. You got Florence Pugh. You got um, Jack Quaid. I mean, all these people, whether they're up-and-comers, whether they're solidified as some great actors up until this point in their lives, to be in an ensemble movie like this and to not be lost... Because, you know, a lot of lead actors can get lost in an yeah. ensemble cast. And it's like, oh, the whole cast was great. Which they are. Not to take anything away from any of the cast. Because, I mean, RDJ really was killing that shit, too. But for him to be the bona fide star of a movie like that, and for it to make money, of course, the whole Barbenheimer thing was a huge phenomenon. That helped a lot. But when people are actually seeing it, and to be able to carry a three-hour movie, a three-hour historical biopic drama <laughs> like and to feel like it's it's not that much of a chore or homework for people to sit through i feel like that's a huge feat and killian really really did that you could tell he did his homework he didn't let his accent slip he was he was locked in 
And I like to see that from a movie that's pretty original and and not part of a franchise. And of course, you have references because I mean he's a real person. But I I feel like Killian really locked into this role, especially after working with Christopher Nolan for so many years and not being a lead actor in a movie of his. And to finally get that call from someone you know trusts you already and you've worked with before, it's like, I want you to lead this movie. I feel like he took that very seriously and took it to heart, especially looking at his interviews and stuff. So Killian carried a three-hour war biopic drama in the middle of summer to have it come close to a Billy. Hey, hats off to my bro for real. So best actor for me goes to Killian Murphy. But who's your best actor of the year, dog? Y'all know I got to pick Boyega. <laughs> Solid pick. You know, Solid I, pick. Do. I do, I do, I do. And it's not even just, it's just because, you know, like this is the nigga from Attack on the Block. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, such a good movie bruh, too. Seeing him from that to Finn to other things into this, mm-hmm. to me, that that's real growth. And yeah. you know, Attack on Block, you know, it was just some London movie. Most people don't even know what it is. So, like for real, I really think he's done a swell job. I think he's just been incredible. It's been so fun watching his journey. And to watch this movie, which I put off for a long time because I just mm-hmm. knew I was in the right headspace. And I just thought he did a great job. Like, I know it's like, oh, we played a drug dealer. You know, it's not that part that I'm looking at. I'm looking at the part where he's looking at himself and he's firing the gun because it's weird to feel like someone else being you. Like, that's you. You, you only want to be you. And it just made me think of other things, like when I watch a twin movie, and sometimes they're just like, I'm so tired of having someone that looks like me and acts like me. Can I just be myself? And that's why I felt like he felt. It's just like, it should. it's just me. This is like, what's going on? And I felt like he said that a lot. Like, I'm me. It, I'm me. There is no other me. And I don't know. That shit was just hitting my soul for real. And also, the chemistry with Jamie Foxx and Tiana, it was just... Like, they all did so well. They played so great off one another. And to honestly be next to Jamie Foxx, nigga, that ain't easy to do. (laughs) That's a hard task in itself. And I feel like he just, he stepped up to the plate. And he didn't just play himself. He had to play different type of things. Imagine if we had to see another clone and another clone. And that's why I'm trying to get to that point where I can see that range. Like, damn, all right, now you about to play a crip. Let me see how good of a crib you really are. <laughs> <laughs> and that that to me is what acting is. You want more. And I want to see more of him, especially now. Now that we're done with the Disney. Now that he can actually show what he really can do. So to me, my man Boyega got it. I'm fucking with him. I can't wait to see what's next, bro, for real. I agree. I agree. Solid picks. But yeah, for best actor, we got... What's his name? Cillian Murphy? Kill- Killian, Killian Murphy. Killian. And that C is kicking your ass. And Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was an Oppenheimer, and they cloned Tyrone. Um, but yeah. Next category. Oh, another one. Blackest moment. Yes, sir. So we both picked the blackening fight scene. With Melvin Ingram. <laughs> just, just because that shit was for real, and it really made me think of Buster Rhymes when he was in 
I think Halloween. I think he was in that movie, and he was. Oh, fighting. he really tried. Yeah. yeah, and he was fighting, and that's what that's what made me think of this part because it's just so fucking funny. Because what? Who doesn't think about being in a horror movie like with Jason or fucking you know Halloween and mm-hmm. Michael Myers? And it's like, nigga, I'll give you these pieces. Fuck <laughs> 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 what you talking about, nigga. <laughs> Drop the knife, put up your hands. <laughs> and that's really, that's really what it was. He was like, <laughs> he was really pissed. Because that's that shit. Like you said, especially the regular niggas, like Scream, like Ghostface, they're all people you know. Like, and I'm sorry, I'm beating all your asses. Like, and they know it. They know it's not like some supernatural nigga so in the blackening. But he knows it's a regular nigga. He's face to face with him. And he's like, oh shit, you can't box, nigga? Like, <laughs> run the hands then. It really start whooping his ass. But then he caught a cramp because he put too much sugar. <laughs> Shout out that movie though, for real. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great satirical film to, for like it's so funny because it's so real. Like, and I like when things get real like that because, like, we talking about these regular ass horror niggas running up on you, you running away. All they have is a knife. Come on, man. Paul Pierce got stabbed like ten times and hooped in the same season. <laughs> I'm not scared of no knife, nigga. <laughs> I am not scared of no knife, bro. He got stabbed ten times and went to play basketball, like. <laughs> If he can do that, come on, dog. <laughs> Even Melvin got clapped like that. Got... <laughs> nigga had a bad ankle and everything. <laughs> nigga was getting fucked up and survived. So, like, knives don't scare me. If all you got is a knife and a ghost face mask, you're going to catch these hands regardless. Yep, for so, real. And I feel like that's why we also picked this scene because it's just... Like, of course, we could have picked, like, a real action movie scene. Like, oh, like, that fight was well choreographed and stuff like that. But then the thing of scenes like these, they also have to be well choreographed. To be funny, you have to make sure it's funny, and you have to make sure that there actually is at least a little bit of sense of danger, too. Right. So I think it's cool that we gave this award to, to the Blackening just for a comedic fight scene instead of something that was just, of course, like, basic, like a huge action movie or marvel movie fight scene no i agree that shit was fun bro and <laughs> that cast in general was also fun just to watch you mm-hmm. know so like i said i feel like we don't see a lot of our young core black actors and actresses and i feel yeah. like this was like just a good this was just a good moment for us culture wise and seeing our people just shining just have fun because you could tell they did they just was having time of their lives on that yeah. page. <laughs> I agree. So again, blackest moment goes to the blackening fight scene. Now we're going to get into the best animated movie. Um, this year has actually been a very solid year for animation. I know some of the year, um, a lot of the media was focused on how bad Disney was doing and how bad Pixar was doing and what elements will make its budget back. It was such a big budgeted movie and stuff like that. But when you really lock in and look at some of the animated movies that came out this year, We've really been eating, whether it's anime, The Boy and the Heron, uh, Suzume, um, whether it's 3D animation with Elemental, 
whether it's traditional 2D or even pushing the boundaries like across the Spider-Verse, I feel like is is this year was a great year to give animation its flowers. But for me personally, it came down to two movies. Honestly, they're interchangeable for me. One is Nimona. It's a Blue Sky Studio movie that was still there when Disney purchased it, but Disney axed it, so Netflix got the rights to it. Netflix was able to finish it and put it out, and I'm so glad they did because it's beautifully animated. It's different animation. Almost has the Into the Spider-Verse TMNT feel, but also has like a 3D animation feel like a Disney movie. Like It was real interesting to see what they did with the animation medium with that movie and explored allegories of identity, queer representation, trans identity. Um, it had love interests that were gay. Like It had a knight that actually loved another prince and you don't see that in movies and they treated it with such care and i want this to be taken the wrong way but with such normality because you know like if they put stuff in a movie they almost make it like such a huge deal like these people are actually fairy tales and these people don't exist in real life but the way they treat it it was so good and to deal with a young girl that's kind of coming into her own that's also a shapeshifter but is also feared because of her powers I mean, I could go on and on about this movie, but that I wanted to give a shout out to that as well. Um, but my official pick is for the first slam dunk. It's an anime. It's an anime movie based on the slam dunk anime, and seeing anime taken from its humble roots as far as like TV animation goes, because slam dunk is an old anime. So, of course, it's like hand-drawn and it looks older when you watch it as the original anime series. But to see it make it to the big screen and to have like that polish of a mo- of a feature motion picture that's theatrically released. And for me, it's a sports anime, of course. It's a basketball anime. But it intrigues me when the drama and the character development of characters directly correlates to what they do on a basketball court. Because the whole movie is just one game. But between the action of the game, they're telling backstories or they're telling what each character is going through, um, whether it be familial problems or school problems or they're unsure of themselves and they're insecure, but they're showing how it translates to how they play on the court and how they play as a team and how they come through for each other. It was such a beautiful movie, bro. Like, we talk about it. I ain't never cried on a movie. But that shit was really hitting me in the feels that day. Like I was, I went to the theaters alone to watch that shit. I was, and the theater was pretty much empty. I think there was one other person in the theater. So you know how that feel, bro. You just in there taking it all in. I'm like, wow, this movie is so beautiful. It came out. It came out in Japan last year, but it came out in the states this year, um, in the middle of summer. So again, I want to give a shout out to Nimona, but my official pick is the first slam dunk. What about you? Uh, I mean, my pick's a little basic. Wasn't like that emotional, beautiful roller coaster. <laughs> it's not song. basic, but yeah, I picked TMT Mayhem. Um, what? I didn't say anything. Oh, you smile just making sure. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I picked TMT TMNT. Um, just because you know, growing up, uh, Turtles was always that thing for me. Whether it's the game, mm-hmm. the movies, the toys, and all that. Um, but this one, I think it just, I think they just did really well and making it feel like actual teenagers you know mm-hmm. by casting the teenagers for voice acting they looked mm-hmm. like teenagers they acted like teenagers they talked like teenagers i just felt like they did a good job <laughs> not saying that it hasn't been like that but this one i really was like damn 
they're just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, that's what they are. And Mm -hmm. I think they did a good job at developing that. And if there is another one, we can actually watch this journey and watch them grow and become, you know, who they're supposed to be. So I just, I had fun time watching that. Ice Cube's character was fucking dope as fuck, too. Um, You know, Seth Rogen. That's the name? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Seth Seth Rogen. I don't know who I was thinking about. Seth Rogen, I just feel like he's always been around for a while now, and he really do be producing a lot of good shit, man, and yeah, this was <laughs> this was a good ride, and I, I just shout out to them, because the guy I watch, the kid that's on there, he's on the shy, and mm-hmm. it's just cool to see like him and where he's going, and I just, yeah, I just had a little fun watching that fucking movie, and that's probably the only movie I watched a few times this year, where I'm just like, yeah, I could watch this for a while. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that's why I say it's not a basic pick because this was such a different iteration of the turtles, at least on the big screen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like we had the live action in the '90s, which of course these niggas were grown men, bro. They're not teenagers. Yeah. Then we had TMNT, the computer generated like the 3D animated yeah. one, which was solid. Amazing, I enjoy yeah. that movie, especially when Leo and Raph fight in the rain. Right, it was clean. Shit was up. But they're also like older and like more mature i mean leo's living in like fucking argentina (laughs) the amazon like (laughs) these niggas is grown bro they lived real lives and then we have the michael bay live action ones when they're just like eight feet tall and like swole as fuck like they look more like aliens than they do turtles so then to see them come with an animated one that's one a different style of animation because of course you can see the inspiration from the Spider-Verse team. Right. You could like it's obvious. It's there. But they made it their own. Like, and I was watching an interview with Seth Rogen and he said they wanted to make the characters look like a kid like doodled them in their notebook. And yeah. it's like, oh shit. Like That's I can see that. Cause some of these niggas is ugly. Like they're ugly. <laughs> they they <laughs> don't crap. look appealing. But that's kind of not to be ironic, but that's like the appeal of the movie is that they are ugly like it's a giant alien fly yeah (laughs) that's not a good look yeah and that's that's like you said that's what was the appeal so Mm -hmm. yeah i think just (laughs) the idea that and even like master splinter like he was just an old ass dad (laughs) yeah like that's kind of like obviously he trained them he taught them he raised them whatever but he really was just like old ass pop pop and i'm just like this is a vibe like this yeah it felt like an actual family friendly movie and i just had hell of fun with it and you know most of y'all know i don't watch cartoons like that so Mm -hmm. this it really to pull me in and to honestly make me keep wanting to watch it that's a good ass cartoon Yeah, very solid. So, best animated films for me: first Slam Dunk. For you, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Yep. Next category: best hands. Um, what'd you pick, bro? I picked. This is kind of a sleeper pick for me. Um, Polite Society. I don't know how many people have actually seen this movie because it really flew under the radar. I know it had a limited release in the states. Um. I honestly don't know anyone actually saw it in theaters. I didn't see it in theaters. I actually saw it. It was either on Amazon or Peacock when I watched it. Um, but it's it's a foreign film because it's based in 
Britain and England, but it's more so has a Bollywood feel. And it's about these two sisters that were extremely close growing up. One sister agrees to marry a man he just she just met. The younger sister is like, ah, I don't know about this. But she also wants to be a stunt woman and trains in martial arts. So it has the feel of a raunchy comedy and that nothing really makes sense. Like there are science fiction elements and and things she finds out about her sister's fiance and things kind of snowball from there. But the fight scenes, because again, she wants to be a martial artist. She wants to be a stunt woman. So she gets better over time, like as the movie goes on. So by the finale, she's really whooping niggas' asses. Like her and her sister and some of her friends, they got to fight off these people. Like the fight scenes are really well choreographed and the music just heightens the fight scenes. Um, So for me, like I said, I feel like it's a little bit of a sleeper pick because I don't know how many people have actually watched this or seen it. But polite society, like I said, it's a Bollywood feel. Um, it deals again with Southeast Asian culture, and I think they handled it very well. And the sister was really throwing hands and being ass, so it's my pick. Shit, shit, I might have to watch that. No, nah, do it. I like some ass kicking. It. It's funny as fuck too. Mm-hmm. Throwing them hands, <laughs> throwing them hands, boy, stick and move, stick and move, and that's why I picked Creed Three. Cause we was really sticking and moving, you feel me? Bobbing and weaving. I was in that theater like, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nigga thought he was in the ring. I'm like, put me in, coach. I might lose, though. <laughs> and that's why. No, for real. Because I did. I think I think all those, you know, even I chose the finale just in general. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, even when he fought previously, I don't know. I just feel like Creed... I feel like they have underrated fighting styles and I like the way it's choreographed and I really feel like we really be in that bitch. Like mm-hmm. I say really like we're really in that ring. And what I loved about the finale is when they removed all the audience and it was just them and they were really just showing, you know, what they were doing, their style, changing it up, going southpaw, switching, moving around, you know, watching Michael B. Jordan, like, oh, this is done. I got it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Hitting that nigga in a kidney shot. It's like you could tell they're not just watching boxing to watch it. They're they're literally studying how to be a boxer and adding yeah. actual boxers in there. I just feel like it's it's super well done. And to watch Michael B. Jordan come from one to three, I just feel like they level up each time. And yeah, that's it's just tight to me. Like <laughs> obviously Jonathan Majors is <clears throat> going through some things right now, but <laughs> him and Mike B together, they just to me, they just squared off and that shit was phenomenal. Like through and through, all the way. I'm just like, damn. And that's another movie where I'm like, I could watch that shit again for real. Because and yeah, it was just cool. It was cool ass fights. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Cause Creed three reminded me it was of me. good seeing how Mike B learn from ryan coogler yep because we talk about it all the time like creed two fights were so static and so stiff like yeah it was boring like their yeah. fights were boring and they also didn't make sense because drago was fucking six eight nigga 300 pounds and mike b is like five ten. like of course he's huge like he had to get big as fuck for the movie but that don't change your height nigga so like 
I don't know. The fights in Creed 2 really weren't that great. So to see Creed 3 come back, Mike be at the helm directing, and to see like the camera move, like you could see just how much he learned from Ryan Coogler. And to see how the fights moved, and then to see the anime references, and it was, it was a good time. Like the fight scenes, the way they were shot, yeah. Mike B really did his thing on that. Yeah, and that's so, like you said, to that nigga for it's, real. It's really, and that's what we. It's it's just levels. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to do better if you're gonna keep going. And mm-hmm. they definitely learned from the mistakes and stepped up because you know me and you, we was like, eh. I don't know. A little shaky. But yeah, they definitely came through for real. Yeah. So best fights, polite society, Creed 3 finale. Now we get into best story. Um, I mean, we already talked about this movie a little bit for me. Um, but they clone Tyrone. I mean, we are just gonna keep saying this name because the movie was just that good. Like, the story for They Clone Tyrone, going into it, you don't know much. And I think that's what I really enjoyed, that they didn't give too much away in the trailers. Because, you know, movie trailers. Now, if they're scared a movie's not going to do well, they throw everything they can in a trailer, and it feels like you've already watched the fucking movie. But when you go into They Clone Tyrone, it's like, oh, we have, like you said, a drug dealer, a pimp, a hoe. They're living in this neighborhood. They find out something's happening they don't really know what they think a clone might be running around they're like oh shit maybe we need to figure this out or maybe we should just stay with the status quo and keep doing what we're doing i'll sell drugs for the rest of my life you'll pimp you'll hoe but the story that they chose to tell and how they wove social commentary with science fiction was it was just amazing for a lack of a better word Everything they chose to do, every story beat, whether it was John Boyega, like you said, having to look at himself and shoot himself, whether it was Jamie Foxx really coming to grips with like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Because Jamie Foxx is one of the main ones like, we shouldn't be doing this. Let's just go back up. We can keep doing what we've been doing. And coming to grips with like, nah, we literally can't. Like his character development, the way his character changed by the end of the movie was such a great thing to see. Tiana Paris being that, that middle ground between John Boyega and Jamie Foxx where she wants to see things change. She doesn't want to be on the streets for the rest of her life, especially if she has a choice and a chance not to be and to show how oppression is systemic, how it's not just what you see on the surface, how it's years and years and years of policies and system changes that are built in to keep black people in the same place that they've always been and to make them think that they have no other purpose or have no other dreams. And for them to overcome that physically, have it shown physically with the science fiction aspect. Yeah. This story, they did their thing with this story is all, is all I'm gonna leave it at that. So they clone Tyrone is my pick. What about you? No, just to piggyback off of you. It it really is so incredible to see that because it's like even with all those dark dark moments and twists and turns there's something so incredibly beautiful in that movie and mm-hmm. all you can do is feel uplifted because it's just like they could have gave up at any point nigga like because if okay this is our life whatever which we have seen be done so mm-hmm. for them to go that far and not just in like some predictable ass movie that we've seen a hundred times Yes. Yeah. I really because that that was one of the things I was really scared of. That yeah. It was just gonna be yeah. like some run of the mill yeah. thing we've always seen. Like, oh, he's a drug dealer. Ha, how funny. Like, 
and they gave us something completely different. So for the writers, Jewel Taylor, Tony Rittenmayer, Kim Taylor Coleman, I mean, they they did their things. And Kim Taylor Coleman's actually one of the casting directors. So for her to get Jamie Foxx, John Boyega, Tiana Paris, yeah, they they cooked with that. I so wouldn't even think of me. this cast to be together. <laughs> yeah. Like never once would I be like, oh yeah, put them all in a movie together. <laughs> <laughs> and it was gold, nigga. It was fucking gold. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I picked it's Rye Lane, right? Yeah, Rye Lane. Yeah, it's you know a little lighthearted. Um, you know, I'm I'm a simp to a good rom romance, <laughs> little rom com, little rom drama uh-huh. type vibe. You know what I'm saying? Um, this one I just felt was like a little sweet. You know, when you go through a lot of breakups in life, you know, I don't wish that on a lot of people because that shit really hurts. And especially when you are cheated on or done dirty or you left something at your ex's apartment that you really want back and they're just being shitty and won't give it to you. Um, This is that type of moment where I was like, damn, I actually have been through this shit before. So I really did connect with it. Um, Seeing both of them just come together. You do need someone after a breakup. Going through that shit Mm -hmm. by yourself is rough. So regardless of it being a stranger, it was just at that moment they both needed each other. And I know they went through some shit because she was just like, I feel sorry for you. And, and that shit really hurt. I was like, but my bro really was rocking with you. And I know yeah. you're rocking with him. And yeah. for them to have that little, you know, upset moment, but still in the end, they both realized that, you know, they're good for each other. And I just really rolled with that story. And, you know, I'm I'm just a sucker for love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I'm going to get back my best story. And I just really, you know, when, when it comes to like love stories, you really have to feel the chemistry. And Best. I feel like a lot of these movies lately, I just feel like, I feel like this was forced, but with this one, mm-hmm. I just felt like it growed organically and they played so well off one another. And it got to a point. I was like, shit, y'all my favorite couple right now. Who next? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was watching the reality. So like, damn, they get my vote. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I just I just thought that story was just it was just really thoughtful and it was really something that I feel like's kind of been pushed away and it's mm-hmm. more on social media like oh, I'm so sad, I'm so alone. This is why I'm never in a relationship. But this yeah. one to me really bright really just expressed itself in a good manner where it makes you want to jump into love and trust what is actually going to happen maybe bad or maybe good, but in the end, you learn something, you grow from it, and you move on. And mm-hmm. that shit was, she was, she was beautiful, man. Chef's <laughs> fucking kiss for real. And, you know, so two stories. Nigga. I was gonna say two <laughs> black stories, totally different too. And this is what we was talking about last episode. Yep. Like we can have a science fiction movie, we can have a rom com, we can do all these different things, and they be so excellent. Damn. Like both of these stories are so good, you, bro. You right, bro. We straight up, nigga. See, <laughs> we can do it all. Bro. We can do it all, but they can find us these. You know what? I'm gonna go on a rant. <laughs> like I said, we posting every week. Y'all go get all the shit we talking about, but. <laughs> Stay with the Blurdy's best story. Again, for me, they clone Tyrone. For you, Rye Lane, two great stories. If you haven't seen any of these movies, they are streaming. They clone Tyrone's on Netflix. Rye Lane is on Hulu. Um, for our next category, it's best cinematography. Uh, what'd you pick, bro? 
I'm going back to Oppenheimer. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, Again, just a regular, I won't call it regular, but just a biopic, historical, drama, nonfiction movie. It's hard to keep people locked in. It's hard to get some beautiful shots that are going to be memorable for people. And what they were able to accomplish with Oppenheimer, especially with the use of so little visual effects shots, like they didn't have that many visual effects shots. Christopher Nolan doesn't like visual effects shots. Like they like to do everything practical. And to have images that stick out into your mind, whether it's they were showing the atoms when Oppenheimer was talking about um, atomic theory or whether they were talking about quantum physics and or even when they set off the bomb and to show the explosion and not just to have it be a basic mushroom cloud, but to actually take you in to the atoms colliding and creating the explosion. They had some very, very good shots. And also to go from color and black and white seamlessly in a movie like this with a storyline that's not linear. It was a nonlinear storyline. So at one moment, we're in a courtroom drama with Oppenheimer and, and RDJ. And in another moment, we're actually seeing Oppenheimer's life, whether he's going to school or whether he's uh, studying to create the atomic bomb and things of that nature. And uh, it was just so good to have memorable shots in black and white and in color. And again, to flow between them so seamlessly and so easily. I feel like it was really just a work of art. So for Hoyt Van Hoytema, I hope I said that name right. He was the cinematographer on Oppenheimer. You cooked, dog. You cooked. No, that's that's not that's not easy to do. Nah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and, at all. and to make sure lighting's right for yeah. everybody too, whether like, it's black and white in color and and shooting on IMAX film, like, yeah, yeah. You, you really got to beat the shit because <laughs> that's <laughs> that's some hard shit, <laughs> <laughs> like for real. But yeah, so um, yeah, I ended up picking the creator. Um, I, I love a good sci-fi, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it gave me the iRobot vibes. And even just with that opening scene where he's running across the beach to catch, you know, a girl, and that mm-hmm. bomb drops, nigga. Oh, yeah. God, nigga. Yeah, that was, that was crazy, too. My whole motherfucking chest shattered. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I thought she yeah. was just about to sail off and it was going to be a little sad moment. Nope. <laughs> it's like, I don't think it's nah. getting packed up one way or another. <laughs> So yeah, I thought they did a hell of a good job. I love seeing the AI, um, the kid with the robot shit. Yeah, um, that was good too. I think, and they did it. I love that they did a lot of more close ups, like when he was rubbing inside his head and his ear, and mm-hmm. they were really showing us and even seeing his robotic robotic arm and leg. And I just thought that was tight. I thought the costumes were tight too, like when they first were, you know, fighting each other. And another mm-hmm. thing, I feel like a lot of things lately are extremely fucking gruesome but this one they didn't really show too much of that it was kind of like mm-hmm. niggas got shot oh yeah a couple screams yeah we're dying we need backup type shit but it wasn't like extreme and i like that they kept that away and it was more just focused on the story itself and the shots and yeah that to me is why i was like oh okay they're not going for blood and gore and all that extra yeah. shit it's more like we want you to see the movie like we want you to see more than just that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I fucks with this." And yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was really well done. I was, I was, I was more surprised. So I think that's why I picked it because I was kind of just like, and like hate the movie. It was like cool, but just yeah. in general, I was just like, 
This this is cool. I'm not mad at this at all. It was pretty. Yeah, it is a pretty it, movie. It's pretty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty as fuck. Little gorgeous ass colors. <laughs> <laughs> Little gorgeous ass colors. <laughs> but yeah, that's our picks for cinematography, Oppenheimer, and the creator. I believe the creator is on Hulu. I don't. Yeah. I don't know where Oppenheimer is. I don't think. I don't it's think Oppenheimer. Yet. I don't think Oppenheimer is streaming right now. Yeah, it is it's, on Blu-ray and 4K though. If you want to buy it, but I don't. Think I think it's, it's actually anywhere. it's actually coming back to theaters. I saw. I think next year. Oh shit! Because you know, you know, Nolan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know, around Oscar time, they're like, oh, we're throwing everything back yeah. to theaters that you didn't see, blah blah. Yeah. Even though everyone's already saw it. Like, yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. So. Yeah, if you want to see Oppenheimer right now, you're going to have to buy that shit. Literally. But best comedy. <laughs> Actually, there are a couple of good comedies this year. Yeah. I will say. there were there were, We, we kind of got back to releasing a couple mid-budget comedy movies that right. didn't really have stakes like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I picked The Blackening. I mean, I feel like The Blackening did a real good job with the satire. As we said before, the cast, chemistry solid chemistry was so like you believed that this group of people were actually friends in real life if you can't believe that in a movie based around friendship and how all these people interact with each other the movie's dead as soon as you go see it like you're just like i'm not feeling this but everybody was really locked in it seemed like everybody had a great time making it and it was just a great play on the everybody knows that black people die first trope what happens when you're all black Oh, you're going to figure out who the blackest and they're going to die first? Like, it, it has such a good premise. And I felt like they saw the premise through and they were successful in it. So for me, Blackening was great. It was a great theater experience, too. But what you think, dog? Yeah, no. Um, I had hella fun with the Blackening, bro. I was really happy that that came out. And again, here we are. Now we got a comedy. You know what I'm saying? We got romance. We got fucking... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. See? I'm just saying. We ain't missing right now. To me personally. <laughs> to me personally, we're showing y'all what the fuck we can do. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, but um, yeah, I chose the bottom. I chose bottoms. Um, that I just I love. I have a different type of humor, like raunchy shit. That shit just makes me laugh, even though it's so <laughs> stupid. But like growing up, watching all the raunchy shit back in the day, I just love that. Just <laughs> just over the pocket shit. You know, because yeah. I'm not sensitive to jokes. So, like, some shit, I'm just like, bruh, for you to even think of something like this is fucking wild to me. To create a fake <laughs> defensive fight club. <laughs> just to get some pussy. <laughs> just, just to get some. It's so outlandish to me. But it's yeah. like, you know, in the, in high school, you know, the talk of the town is, oh, you're a virgin, you're a virgin. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, I think that's so old school because it's not really like a thing anymore. To mm-hmm. where people actually give a fuck, but back then, growing up, you know, niggas was lying. Like, oh yeah, I lost my V card oh, when gosh. I was like ten. <laughs> like, all right, like, nigga, you're a victim. <laughs> like, you I, that's not something to brag about because I feel like that's not okay. Yeah, <laughs> but so to have that now in this day and age, and it was just so fun. And seeing Marshawn Lynch, like to me, mm-hmm. I feel like he was just natural on screen. Like you could tell he was just there and he was just having a good time and. I just, <laughs> I just, I don't think I, I, I don't know why I watched that work, but it was funny <laughs> as fuck. 
Like it was, <laughs> it was really that's funny. crazy to watch this movie at work. Hey, dude. Man, that hey, is, hey, we was, we was on a deadline. You know what I'm saying? Niggas had to catch up, and I was a good time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a funny movie, though. Yeah, it is a very you tell me about movie. it because you saw it before I did, and yeah, I had put it off. Like a lot of these movies, I put off just because I just wasn't in the mood. So to watch them now, nigga, when they fresh in the brain, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you need laughs, blackening and bottoms, that's all you need to know. Go look them up. Uh, next category, just another fun one that we created. Um, Got us lit personal theater experience, like what you if how much fun you had in the theater, you know, like going to Marvel Thursdays back in the day used to be lit as fuck, man. Uh, so just kind of like that. Um, what'd you pick, bro? I picked Fast Ten. I'm not even gonna lie to you y'all. The look, look, I get it. I get it. These movies ain't ain't cinema like that. They ain't great. They ain't high art. You know what I'm saying? But if I want to turn my brain off, if I want to sit brain dead for two hours, I'm going to watch a fucking Fast and Furious movie, and that's exactly what I did. I saw this shit in 4x, 4dx, nigga. We was in there on a roller coaster the whole time. Whole theater. The theater was actually packed too. Whole theater. Just having fun. It felt like we were literally on a roller coaster for two hours. Had the wind. They had the wind blowing from the fans. That little water when it was splashing. They had the fog when cars would like blow up and shit. But it was a real show. And just for that reason alone, the theater experience was amazing. If I would have watched that movie in a regular theater, I don't even know if I would have made it through it. To this day, I don't know if I could tell you what exactly happened in this movie. <laughs> All I know is that I had fun in there. I barely remember this shit. I just remember having fun in those moving seats. So for that reason alone, my best theater experience was, in fact, with Fast and Furious 10. Damn, we're on 10. That's crazy. Took the words right out of my mouth, bro. That's insane. Fast 10. And I will see 11. Yeah. I'm not even going Anyways <clears throat> I chose You know Creed 3 <laughs> Just because We was in a Not so big theater It was a good amount of people About 50 About 50 to 70 people in there okay, You know okay. It was cool A little diverse too I was coming to watch the movie And just like me You know If you're into boxing Nigga you're gonna move With them You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. And I felt like a lot of people Were really like Really into it Like when his mom's passed on And you know Watching him and Jonathan Majors really had that emotional moment together in the locker room or when he was on the beach, like there was just so much going on. And I just feel like everyone's oohs and ahs, like, oh shit. And you hear all the black moms agreeing with his mom about why she kept the letters. And it was just yeah. like, everyone was really drawn in to that moment, to each moment. And that to me is what makes a movie theater special because it's it's watching other people's reactions, you know, having something in common with someone else, looking at the person to your left, complete stranger, and just laughing like, oh my God, I can't believe that shit happened. And yeah. that shit, that to me was hella fun. And it took me back to why I used to go to premiere nights so much, just because I just wanted that atmosphere. I just wanted to experience have those times with other people you know because mm-hmm. we're all here for one thing and that's just to watch this movie eat some popcorn have a good ass time mm-hmm. and that's what that shit was for real i didn't see it in no moving seats <laughs> hey 
<laughs> that's the only way to watch a Fast and Furious movie. If you watch a Fast and Furious movie in regular seats, nigga, bruh, good luck to you. Because like I said, I don't remember this motherfucker, but I remember the moving seats. <laughs> You're so annoying. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> bruh, there are certain movies you got to... You got to make sure you watch them right. Because if you ain't watch them right, you're just not going to have a good time. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that, that, those, are, those are our theater experiences. You know, Fast 10. Um, yes, sir. Please stop spending money. Um, and nah. Creed 3, continue to spend money. Because, um, obviously, nah. that's what real cinema is. And then Real cinema? Creed 3? You putting too much on it now, nigga. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. No, for real, yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen them, though, Fast 10, Creed 3, you know. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nigga's gonna wait for Creed 4. That's just gonna have his daughter in it. You already know that shit coming. Hey, man. His daughter finna be a boxer. You know, a little Layla Ali action, you know what I'm saying? Quaden. I ain't mad at it. I ain't hating. Quaden. Nigga, go to the next category. Do your job. My job? Yeah, my job is carrying your ass, and that's exactly what I'm going to keep doing. <sighs> next category is the cutest, best couple. <laughs> go ahead. Tell them what you watch for this category. Lame-ass movie. What I watch? Love at First Sight, whatever that shit is. I don't know. Love at First Sight. I did watch that. It was cute. It was like the best. I ain't expecting fucking A1, but it was a cute-ass movie. It was... Haley Lou Richardson from that dumbass show, Lotus, Who? Lotus Bomb, whatever it's White called. White Lotus, nigga, uh, be for real. Whatever. And then Ben Hardy. But Haley, bro, she was. Oh, wait, never mind. I know you ain't seen that chick's name. Let me remember. I'm like, I'm nigga, to. you talking to the wrong person. Wait, no, yeah. You seen Split? With James McAvoy? Yeah, she was. When he had different personalities? Yeah, she got eaten. <laughs> I'm just so saying. why would I remember her? Because <laughs> that was really nasty. She's a victim. I don't remember these victims, nigga. The way he ate them, I only remember the fact that he ate two girls in that movie. And I don't know who they are. I barely remember the main girl. Was the main girl Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah, that was her. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to help you see that who they are. Crazy. He really ate them. I mean, he didn't really eat them. No, he did. Well, it's a movie. So technically. <laughs> uh, my pick was for Rye Lane. We talked about it a little bit already. <laughs> the cutest black rom-com, I'd say, in the past at least five years, I think. Oh, my God. Rye Lane was such a cute movie, bro. I wanted them to be together so bad. Same, bro. Like, y'all need to figure it out. Like, when it got to the little, because of course every rom com needs that part where it's like, uh, I don't like you no more. Yeah, something happened and we can't be together for real. When it got to that part, I was like, it better not end in a way that's like we're right. better as friends. I like five years later they right. both are in new relationships and it's like, oh, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Bye. And they walk past each other on the street. I hate that shit when I actually like the couple. So it's like y'all need to figure this out. And they figured it out. They got back together, and it was the cutest thing ever. Yeah. And I love that movie. That says a lot for you, too, because you really don't, you know, you're not really into those type of mm-hmm. flicks. So, no. Yeah, that's dope. I'm, I'm like, really this glad shit you had liked me, it. 
this shit had me smiling and giggling and kicking my feet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. and it's only because I know you, so I know this isn't your like top category. Like, bro, so, and I this shit had me you told me to watch it. <laughs> I was like, bro, we've been sad for a minute. You gotta lock it. This will make you feel better, dog. I was like, okay, if you told me to watch a, rom- a romance nigga, I'm gonna watch it. So, yeah, and you're right because that shit really was really good. Cute as fuck. I love him yeah. to this day. Type. Uh, next category, this slaps the gigging best musical. I did not watch a musical this year, um, but J Rock did. So go ahead and talk about your pick, bro. Yeah, it's a crazy year for musicals. Actually, they didn't really start coming out till like this month, which is crazy. Um, because Color Purple and Wonka both came out this month. Um, and shout out to actually some of the pro shots for Broadway musicals. I want to throw that out there too. Because not a lot of people actually know they show those in theaters, too. So I saw Waitress the Musical in theaters. And then they have Prince of Egypt, the Broadway show, a pro shot in theaters, too. So shout out to both of those. They're not technically movie musicals. But if you're into musicals, if you're into stage productions and you want to see more of them, especially not paying $200 a ticket to actually go see them, just check your local movie theater. Cause they be showing them sometimes, and some of the like the way they're shot is actually pretty well done. So I wanted to shout those out, get those out the way. But for me personally, the best musical this year is Wonka. Um, like I said, I saw both Wonka and The Color Purple, and Wonka is just a fun time. Like that's just the main difference between the two. Of course, Wonka is just whimsical. It's a fantasy land. This nigga makes chocolate that can make you fly. Like. The shit is just off the wall. But everyone was so locked into their roles in Wonka that it just made you, it almost made you forget that you had real life to go out to outside of the theater. And I enjoy that in a movie musical. Like, it's like, take me out the norm. Make me feel like I could just walk out of here and start singing and dancing down the street and nobody will look at me funny. Like, it'd be like a regular thing. And that's what Wonka made me feel. The Color Purple... I had never seen the musical before. And of course, this is a movie musical adaptation. So they took stuff from the movie. They took stuff from the Broadway show. They put it together. For me personally, the way they would start songs almost felt a little disjointed for me. Because like they'll have this super emotional scene or like a very traumatic scene will just happen and then they like slip into song like right after like the most atrocious like dastardly shit could could have just happened to Seely, and then they start singing right after and i'm like i don't like this transition like mm. that like mm. you know what i'm saying like it's yeah. like i'm not yeah. we're not there yet to sing a song like we're still like in that moment with her like, oh my gosh, like she's being broken down for real. And then like they start singing. It's like shit. And then also the way it's shot, it's it was so dark to me, which is crazy to say because like it's a cast full of black people. So why is the lighting so dark for a lot of these songs where it's like, I can't see anything? Like, I can't see these niggas really dancing. I can't see their faces like that. Not to say that it's so dark that. I literally can't see them. It's just, I would like it to be brighter. And like, I get it. It's a drama. Like the lighting affects the mood and everything like that too. But to a certain extent, I'm like, dang, bro. Like 
I can't really see them dancing. Like, cause you know me, I like, I love to dance. Like I love watching choreography. I like the whole shit. So like if there's choreography in the scene, but you're cutting and moving the camera so fast and it's also dark that I can't see the choreo, I personally just get a little frustrated with that in movie musicals. Like give me a wide shot and give me a long shot so I can like see the choreo and like actually watch them dance and feel like I'm in that moment with them instead of feeling like I'm really just cutting and moving in between all the people. And again, not to say that Color Purple was bad because it's not trash it's not a garbage movie or anything there are just some things that kind of felt a little off to me and that's why i lean more towards wonka as my favorite musical of the year but it is what it is yeah no i completely understand and that's why i said i feel like because like you know obviously we black so we it's like you have to watch the color purple so <laughs> i was honestly that's why i was kind of hesitant because if there's one movie i don't need to watch again <laughs> yeah no, I hear you. Because I'm never going to watch this musical again. Insane, it goes bro. on that list. You feel me? Like, it goes on that list that's like, yes, I, I want to watch this. I will watch it. But after that one watch, with everything that happens, everything that I see that's happened to our people, that's happened to our, our women, our men across time, across generations, all the trauma, Yeah, I don't need to relive this again. That's you know much. what I'm saying? Like, I'll watch it. I'll support I'll do what it do, but damn, <laughs> not not again, dog. Not, like I just remember, again. I just remember her sitting there, like the old one. She was just laying back. I'm just laying back, thinking about Nettie, and then Danny Glover is just <laughs> on top of her. I'm like, how can you make that into a musical, <laughs> bro? And see, that's my point. That's my like the most dastardly shit would happen. Like he would literally like sexually assault her. And then like five minutes later, we're going into a song. Not even five minutes for real. And it's like, damn, bro. Like, I, again, I'm still in that moment. I'm like, fuck. Like, this shit is so sad. So sad. And then we go into a song and I'm like, no. And then like some of the songs only last like 30 seconds. And then they'd stop. Hmm. And I'm like, I thought we were. I don't know. That's interesting. It's just, it was just weird to me. It was That's weird because the story is always going to hit. The story is really beautiful. Right. Like, of course, like seeing her get broken down over years and then being able to triumph and, yeah. and being able to be successful in her life and being able to forgive and move past that and heal. And that's always going to be at the heart of the color purple. But when we make it a musical, I'm like, man, I don't know. And the songs weren't really hidden for me like that. Like I said, Fantasia. And Danielle Brooks, they going to sing down for real. So, like, they had a couple songs where I'm like, wow, y'all really did that. Like, I, y'all sound beautiful. But then other songs, you're just sitting there, it's like, and then I was reading, like, some songs were added to the movie that weren't in the original musical. And, like, you can tell, like, like I said, it just feels so disjointed sometimes. That it's like, this isn't supposed to be here. Like, so, Yeah. But go see that shit. I just read that it made 18 mil on the first day. And that's tied second most for a Christmas Day opening. So, yeah, they're they, they doing numbers for real. So go out and support it. And hopefully we get to see more black stuff. Because at this point, it's like, y'all can't deny that black art isn't profitable. 
Like, we're past that argument now, where it's like, no one's going to watch a black movie with an all-black cast. Nigga, two things we're going to do is show up and show out every single fucking time if it's something that we're genuinely interested in and something that's beautiful and something that we know that we had a hand in making. So it's like, we got to get past that. Like, it's going to make it's going to do well every single time. Yeah, but that's that's another again another conversation for another day but next category is best action movie just in general what you got dog uh i pick guardians 3 actually um even just the final fight alone should show you like how dope that shit actually was Mm -hmm. um but yeah overall i thought the action was really solid i think it's just because i keep thinking of uh, love and thunder and (laughs) to go from that into guardians it's like so refreshing to think about yeah. because it was just so well done and yeah i i chose guardians 3 just that shit was tight i agree would you I pick agree. that that final hallway scene with yeah. the one shot yeah. yeah yeah beautiful just work of art fucking incredible like there's not much i can really say because it's like you already know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah but i think john wick 4 yeah. um i feel like john if a john wick movie comes out you already know what you get you getting Barely any dialogue, but a ton of good action. And that's exactly what we come to see. So aside from him falling down the stairs for so long at the end of that movie, because it was obvious that he was like pushing himself off the stairs to keep rolling at a certain point. Aside from that, you already know what it is. John Wick 4's action was impeccable. So I got to go with John Wick. Yep. Yeah. I feel like action is just like... You just pick it. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like, hey, yep, that makes sense. Um, but yeah. our next category is best drama. Uh, what'd you pick, fam? This is another deep cut, I feel. I feel like not a lot of people watch this movie. It had a limited release in theaters here. That's when I watched it. But it's a movie called Past Lives. Um, it is about a woman that immigrated from South Korea. She now lives in the States. She's married. But back in South Korea, when she was a kid, she had a best friend and really a soulmate that she left in South Korea. Um, that soulmate is actually on a trip to the United States. He hits her up and is like, hey, I'd love to see you while I'm in town. It'd be great for us to reconnect. But again, she's married. So there's this there's this push and pull effect where she tells her husband, like, hey, he's coming into town. I'd love to see him. The husband um, is... Part of the story is the husband's a white man, too. So he's married to a South Korean. There's that dynamic, that racial dynamic. And then there's also the dynamic of, dang, I'm married to this woman that ultimately has a soul tie with someone else. Like, the the guy that comes from South Korea, and they meet, they talk all day, they hang out all day. The husband comes, they all three of them hang out together. But it's obvious that the person she left in South Korea was her soulmate. Like, that's who she should be with like that's who they're meant for each other and it's really that exploration of soulmates and are are we together for a time do i be thankful for the time that we shared am i thankful for the past lives that we might have shared where we'll always be together or when we die will we always be together it was it's just such a beautiful exploration of love yeah. And the many forms it can take. Because even her husband, I'm glad that they didn't make her husband a villain and was just like, nah, fuck that nigga. He can't come over here, blah, blah. But he was so supportive of her in this moment. 
like at the end the guy goes back to south korea he leaves and she comes back in the house crying and her husband just holds her because it's like i understand like you have so much love for that person and it yeah it was just a beautiful beautiful movie and exploration of love so if you haven't seen it i don't know if it's streaming anywhere but you could buy it for sure but it's called past lives Hmm, that's tight. I like that. Yeah, I yeah, never heard of that until obviously you talked about it today. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think. Like, there's some movies where shit really doesn't get announced. Like, you would never know. Because <laughs> yeah. I found it like one day just randomly looking at AMC, like, man, let's go to the movies or something. And like, just found it, read it, read the little synopsis, watched the trailer, and I was like, this looks interesting. Literally watched that movie and was like, wow, this is so beautiful. Then be the ones, bro. Like, so beautiful. Again, just exploring different forms of love, ideas of fate, ideas of destiny. Like, are we really meant for each other? Am I meant for my husband? Or was I meant for this person that I have so much love for that I left Korea 20 years ago? I left South Korea 20 years ago, but he comes back and it's like, no time has passed. And it's like, we're always meant to be together. It's like, wow. Wow, it was great. Well, it was yeah. Another love story that really got yeah, me. Well, like, yeah, really got me. Big bag. <laughs> I really got me. I think you're going through it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I ended up picking um, Elemental, another movie that I'm sure y'all didn't think I would watch, but I did. And I actually liked it. Another cartoon. You're welcome. See, hear that, Marco? <laughs> But if you haven't seen it, uh, this movie is basically just about um, this girl and her family. They immigrate to Elemental City, Element City, and Mm -hmm. basically they just open up shop there, start their whole new lives there. And, you know, she's kind of has to take over the torch from her father to, you know, take over the store. Um, But there's just something inside of her that she just could never figure out, like, why she reacts this way when it comes to her being in charge. Um, but yeah, they really, they really deep dive into that. And I feel like that father daughter moments, like you said about him not being the villain, I think they could have went that route with the dad, mm-hmm. like him being more harsh, like you're banished. Like I hate you, yeah. but they never stepped over that barrier. And to me, that's what kind of made the movie more sentimental. Cause it was just like, I love my daughter. Like you're the reason we're here. Fuck the store. Fuck all the extra shit. Like we came here for you and that to me is what makes a parent no matter what you may go through what you see differently i feel like they stuck to that and they just let that bitch ride and that bitch was love and for her character also to love someone who isn't of the norm for them and they still found a way to accept the differences and still go forth with what they wanted and what they felt and to me again it's like that's what love is. You know what I'm saying? Damn, it was a love year. 2023 wasn't playing. Bruh, <laughs> they weren't playing. Like, these movies hidden, man. Hidden. I remember there's a line that specifically stood out to me in Past Lives. She was talking to her husband. And, of course, like, she's been in the States for, like, 20 years now. She speaks English and stuff. But yeah. she can also speak Korean. And they were talking. They had just got up from sleeping. And they were like just talking about how they're connecting and how it kind of feels like disjointed. They're disconnecting a little bit. And the husband told her, you dream in a language I can't understand. And I was like, excuse me, say what? Like, (laughs) 
you dream in a language I can't understand. So like all their hopes and dreams, like he's trying so desperately to understand them, but it just feels like they can't connect. Right. I was like, y'all finna break me down this <laughs> motherfucker. Like what? <laughs> no, for real, bro. It be like that. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, no, that's what's up. And that's what I mean. Like, I love seeing this side of you because obviously you don't watch it like that. So yeah, this is actually very interesting to watch. I never seen your emotional punk ass acting all. But those are our picks um, for best drama, past lives, and elemental. And now, to get away from the sad stuff, we have the best feel good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what you got, bro? You know, I I picked Air. You know, I've always been a fan of a good, you know, sports feel good flick. Remember the Titans, cool runnings, um, goal, anything like that, where it's like, you know, coming from the bottoms, trying to be successful. I just love that shit. And this one obviously is based on, you know, Nike and getting Michael Jordan as a rookie. And then basically, like, nigga, if we don't sign somebody, we're about to go bankrupt for real. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, obviously there was a lot more inspirational quotes, a lot of monologues, you know, long winded things but they were catchy and it really did make you feel uplifted and it felt cool to know kind of whether it's fabricated or not the story of nike and you know what they had to go through what they went with and Mm -hmm. how they decided on this factor how the shoe was made and just like jordan this is your shoe motherfucker come rock with us fuck the rest of them i promise you we don't get you to promised land clearly it worked in their favor so yeah yeah that was my pick just something simple, little sports. Uh, what'd you pick, bro? Yeah, Air was pretty good. I enjoyed Air. Yeah. Um, but my pick was Theater Camp. Um, I picked this movie because it really reminded me of Heavyweights. And Heavyweights is literally one of my favorite comfort movies. Like, that movie is so funny. It'll always make me feel better. And I felt like this was Heavyweights just for a new and different generation. I mean, I've never been to Theater Camp. Um but it's a movie about a theater camp, obviously, whose owner falls into a coma. Her son, who's never been interested in the theater camp at all, has to come galvanize the the remaining staff and make sure that they make it through the summer and have enough money to continue funding the theater camp. Um, like I said, it feels like heavyweights. Like in spirit, it feels so much like heavyweights. It made me laugh. It was funny. It was heartfelt. The kids gave great performances that were at the theater camp. Um, AO was also in this. I mean, she's been having a hell of a year from Bottoms, Theater Camp, The Bear. I mean, she's been going crazy. So this movie really, really puts me in a better mood. It's also streaming on Hulu, so I've watched it a couple times. I watched that and then watched Heavyweights or the other way around. But yeah, Theater Camp was definitely my best feel-good movie for this year. All right. No, actually, I didn't watch. What was that on? I actually saw that in theaters. Oh, yeah. Never... See, it's these movies that <laughs> get limited ass releases because it's a you feel it's a Fox Searchlight production. It's not really like a 20th Century Fox movie. You know when like that yeah. Fox Searchlight yeah. comes up and it's like yeah. So it was hella limited, but I think it's on Hulu now. Oh, cool. Yeah, I looked that up. That's what I was doing. I was looking it up. I was like, I've never heard of this fucking movie, bro. See. <laughs> 
like, I got a few sleepers on my list, bro. Hey, where I'm, right. hey, I'm on for it. You know, <laughs> year ain't over, nigga. Blood is done, but I can still watch some shit. You feel me? <laughs> um, but yeah, next category for us is biggest surprise. Um, just basically, you know, what movies do we watch that were low key that shocked us? You know, like, oh damn, this is good. So this is just another fun one we think of. You know, this ain't the Oscars. So if you want that, then well, sorry, play it. Um, right, you in the wrong place. But yeah, what'd you pick, fam? I talked about a little, or I talked a little about Nimona earlier, and that really did surprise me because I mean, Blue Sky had already been dismantled by Disney. Essentially, this movie was dead in the water. Netflix picked it up. And you know, Netflix really be hit or miss. Most of the time misses. So I'm like, eh, another animated Netflix movie. I don't know if it's really going to be like that for real. But saw the trailer, interested me. Like I said, it's a young it's a young girl that's able to shapeshift. The town fears her because of her ability. She teams up with a disgraced knight that was framed for the killing of one of the royal family that's also in love with the prince. So it... It just seems so original. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seemed like, wow, like, someone actually went to a table, came up with this concept. It sounded like a book to me, and I feel like that's why I really locked in on it. So I went into it kind of blind, came out, and was like, wow, this movie is really, really good. Like... For all of animation to have been run by essentially Disney and Pixar for the last, I don't know how many years, I say at least until 2018. Of course, if you watch a lot of cartoons, you know there are great cartoon movies and animated movies that aren't Disney. But for the majority of people to understand that, oh, Disney has a new movie coming out. Pixar has a new movie coming out. We have to see it. We expect it to be good. And to be able to see these other studios, I mean, like I said, Blue Sky doesn't exist anymore. But if they're coming out with shit like this, imagine what they could have done if Disney allowed them to flourish and like really put money behind them instead of just dismantling them. And that's kind of what got me thinking about that because this movie is is very, very well done. Very good. Very good with the themes. Very good with inclusion and representation. I mean, they just did everything right with this movie. So Nimona was definitely one that surprised me. Again, talked about it a little bit. But also, I want to give a shout out to Cinnamon. It's a movie on Tubi. I never thought I'd say I would like a Tubi movie. It has Damon Wayans and Pam Greer in it. Hey, it's not like those Tubi movies you see close up on TikTok. I'm not going to lead you astray. I promise you. It's not one of those that was shot in someone's backyard that looks like it was budgeted with a dollar and a dream. It's not. It's not one of them Tubi movies. I actually has some money behind it. And the plot is actually really good. The twist in it was very good a if y'all really trust me go to tubi and turn on cinnamon i promise you I might have it's, to. Not, it's <laughs> not bad bro it's, i'm not gonna say oh this is like the greatest movie ever because it's not it's not but is it a good time is it entertaining does it have a good story yes yes and yes so hey to be free so you might as well go ahead and turn it on but the ones that surprised me again nimona cinnamon but those are my picks. I'm weak. I'm so weak. Cinnamon. <laughs> Cinnamon. All right. I'm I'm gonna find that. Cause you know, I stay on Tubi for real. Bruh, so it, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna check that out. Um <laughs> I chose oh, I chose um Elemental, uh, which I talked about surprised me because you know, like I said, it's cartoon. Um that to me still, like I just said a few 
seconds ago, which is really good. Um, I loved pretty much the father daughter type shit, um, forbidden love, basically. Um, that it just, it just, I was expecting something differently based on the marketing that they did. I just yeah. thought it was going to be some generic Zootopia copy paste type shit, but that was not the case. And so to me, I got to give credit to where credit is due. And that one definitely shook things up. Another one, um, just another father one about my father. If you couldn't tell, I got a lot of daddy issues. So <laughs> when shit like that, it's just basically just about a father, son's getting married to, a family that he just didn't approve of because his son was changing the way he was and how he acted and not speaking on where he grew up. And basically the father was just like, you shouldn't change who you are just to accommodate these people. And obviously there was a little issue with the father. I felt like he was just a little too hard about it and he should change things about himself, which they also addressed in the movie. So that's why I picked it just because it was more so just another father and son coming together and hashing it out and figuring it out what's best for both of them so that they can, you know, continue on. And, you know, obviously the mom passed on, so it's a little rougher on the side when the mom's not there and you really have to be man and man and have that, you know, deep talk with one another when you're not used to having those conversations. So that to me was good. Overall, the movie still sucked, but <laughs> it was just a good, good moment. <laughs> But yeah, those are our picks for biggest surprise, Cinnamon. <laughs> hey, don't say it like that. Don't knock it till you watch it, dog. <laughs> I never thought I'd, I'd recommend a Tubi movie, but here That's I am. That's a really, really love. Cinnamon, say the other movie because I don't know how to say it. Cinnamon and Nimona. Nimona, about my father and Elemental. Big facts. Next, best documentary. Honestly, I didn't watch that many documentaries this year. Same. I probably watched like three or four, but I want to highlight two. One is BS High. That was on Max. It's currently streaming on Max as well. It is about Bishop Sycamore, the fake high school that was able to play football games on ESPN. And that one is really heartbreaking. It is. I'm not going to lie to you. It's heartbreaking because the coach and creator of that fake high school took advantage of so many young black men their teachers um their parents he just took advantage of really everyone he's just a scammer um but the documentary like i said is very well done and it kind of warns you against the pitfalls of of scammers and being greedy and being promised a dream that you know sounds way too good to be true but you know you're, you're chasing it and you and you take that chance and of course, for us that don't have kids or have little ones, it's also great to watch just to, again, be wary and be mindful of the things that people tell your children and promise you. And like I said, it, it was very well done. So I want to highlight that. It's called BS High. I also want to highlight Thriller 40. That is exactly what it sounds like. It is a documentary about the making of Thriller, Michael Jackson's best-selling album of all time. Um, it's on Paramount+. Plus. It's a quick watch, too. I think it's maybe like an hour and 15 minutes. Of course, it has musicians on there. It has Usher. It has um, a few other people on there talking about how Thriller impacted them. But again, talking about the making of Thriller, talking about the making of each song, talking about how Thriller actually never got its own tour um, just because Joe wanted all the brothers on the tour with Michael right after he dropped Thriller. It's a, it's a good peek inside what life was like for them as Thriller was dropping, as he was coming 
off off the wall um if you love michael jackson if you love music that's a very very well done documentary so my two picks are thriller and bs high i didn't watch that so those sound good though they are they are very. No, they do i mean i don't really watch a lot of michael jackson stuff just because i don't really fuck with the rest of them niggas but hey that's still good <laughs> um but yeah, didn't watch any documentaries this year. Like I said, you know, life be life, and, and sometimes you it just do. ain't in the mood to see the darker shit. Like nigga, I need happiness. <laughs> um, but those are two picks from my bro. These actually sound really good. The way you sum things up, fam, you do you do good. Like you say yeah, it in a term. I'm, a I'm like, man. like for real. You say it in a term. I'm like, damn, maybe I should have watched it. <laughs> 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 and I think I told you that because you summed up the voice for me. And yeah, and I was just like, you know, I just will give you a little credit. You really do good with your synopsis and how you basically give our lingo into that shit where I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, that actually sounds dope. But you Loki could dog. be lying to me and I just don't know the words you're saying. <laughs> 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 oh, <we>. but, uh, <laughs> throw too many big words at me. <laughs> <laughs> take the disrespect uh, but yeah our next category um, one of our partners came up with this one best set design um, so we are gonna go with that one what'd you pick fam I picked Barbie um, they yeah. did their thing with the way they created their world yeah of course like some of it was set in the real world of course when Margot Robbie finally got outside Barbie land and was running around the city but as far as Barbie Land goes, I mean, they made it look exactly like how you would expect a live action Barbie world to look. And even when Ken turned in the, the house into his whatever, Casa House or whatever yeah. the fuck he called it, like everything looked great. Everything, they had different shades of pink. It was colorful. It was bright. Um, even the way everything looked almost plastic or fake or like it was it looked like a set because it it was supposed to look like a set and i feel like they really took that shit seriously and really took their time with it and crafted a world that almost felt real like this is this is where barbie lives and that's exactly what they made and i commend them for that so for best set design is is barbie pretty easily for me yeah no i agree that shit really did like it really did look like Barbie Land. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Fact. growing up, if you grew up like someone older girl, like we have, you know what that Barbie shit really looked like. And mm-hmm. I think they got that shit down, even from just having all the different Barbies, all the different kids, you know, even the fake ocean. Like <laughs> they really got that shit down to yeah. a T. <laughs> yeah, they did. Like, they did hella good. So yeah, no, I agree. Um, I chose Little Mermaid. Um, that to me was another movie that just was like, oh, shit, okay. Y'all really did a good job with this. You know, the shots of the ocean, the Caribbean, the castle, everything. To me, I just felt like it was so well well done. And her walking through and why they were all dancing around, going through that little flea market, basically. Mm-hmm. I just was like, yeah, okay. Y'all really, y'all really put some effort into this. And that to me is what I was mostly worried about, just because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know the fuck how good y'all gonna be. We worried about the fishes and shit, but no one was actually yeah. talking about the land they would actually be on, which the movie takes place on mostly. So mm-hmm. to me, I just thought they did a pretty good job in whatever locations they chose. 
I was like, okay, y'all really, y'all did that? Okay, I see y'all. Well, singing and dancing and shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree though. Yeah, no, I, I, I to agree. me, I'm not, not in like, not like prestige type shit, but yeah. when you pick a location, location is everything, especially mm-hmm. when it's based on whatever. So to me, I thought they did pretty good with their choices. I agree. So best set design, we got Barbie, Little Mermaid. Now we gotta rip some shit apart because you know if we're gonna do the best, we gotta do some of the worst. So this is DJ's realm. This is where he's gonna shine. You're so sick. <laughs> <laughs> this is his moment. <laughs> I don't want to take it all from him. You know what I'm saying? But we gotta do it. <laughs> I can't stand. Nah. <laughs> our next, our next category is. Worst movie. Literally some shit that'll make you say, turn that shit off, dog. This is the worst movie we have seen this year. For me, it's quite easily, quite easily Good Burger 2. I can't believe you watched that. <laughs> I hate that I did, but because Good Burger is such such a comfort movie for me. If I'm feeling terrible, if I'm feeling sad, like that is one of the movies that will just bring me back. It almost grounds me. Like It's like, okay. It's not that bad. It could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> you look good today. Can't believe the <laughs> brings out the color of your eyes. Would you imagine my surprise when I got to work and everybody was wearing the same thing? Ha ha ha! Like I'm great, uh, nose boy. Bluey, 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 bluey. Like I can literally recite that movie, and Good Burger is just a huge part. Of what makes me me, yeah. I will give it that. So when they said Good Burger Two, I knew it was going to be bad. Saw the trailer, they had Kel looking like an auntie, that Keenan just running around doing whatever. I'm like, shit, it's not going to be good. But I'm a principal man. I gotta watch it because I love the first one so much. So I watched it. Oh, shit was garbage. It was just so bad. Like nothing about it is good. Not as I can't say a single good thing about it. They even remixed I'm a dude and made that shit garbage. So yeah. Worst movie for me, easily, is Good Burger 2. But what about you? Uh, I'm sad now. For some reason I I turned on Family Plan with Mark Wahlberg. I was just looking for something because it's twenty twenty three, so obviously I had to catch up for the birdies. I just want something chill, and yeah, I, I don't know why I picked this one. Um, I I thought it had the potential, put it in it. <laughs> you thought it you thought it was like the pacifier. That's where you in fucked the up. sense, yeah, the pacifier, you know, spy next door type shit. You know, I yeah. I liked those movies growing up. You know, yeah, um, but yeah, no, this was not it. It wasn't it. It was a lot of bad acting. Very, it tried to be. It tried to stick with like modern times type shit, and it was just so corny to me. And I'm just like, all right, why is it still on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the worst one to me. As she was asked, oh incredibly God. garbage. Yeah. We ain't got to stay on that yeah. too much. What's the next category? <laughs> uh, well, well, we are on the we hate everything here category. So worst actor. It could easily, for me, be Keenan or Kel, because, I mean, that was the worst movie, of course. But I'm going to spread the hate. 
you know, I'm an equal hate giver. So Jack Harlow <laughs> steps to the front, my guy, because <laughs> what you did in White Men Can't Jump can't be forgiven. I'm vanilla, You're baby. S- <laughs> you almost made me close this laptop, nigga. Like, don't ever. <laughs> like, he's supposed to be so charismatic. I mean, if we're going basing it off the original White Man Can't Jump and Woody Harrelson, he's supposed to be so charismatic. He's supposed to actually make you want to root for this person for the whole movie and be like, yeah, we locked in. Even with Wesley Snipes doing my nigga dirty, like, because Wesley Snipes a smooth dude, and you're like, yeah, he cool too, but, like, even when he's doing Woody Harrelson dirty, you feel for Woody. You're like, damn, you should be smarter than this. You're so fucking stupid, but I still rock with you. But Jack Harlow is just like, why is Mr. Tumnus on my screen and trying to hoop? Like, Get this nigga out of here, bruh. Like, just because he made a song called Tyler Harrow. First of all, in real life, you made a rap song called Tyler Harrow. You named a rap song after Tyler fucking Hero. Who does that? A whole song? I can see if you gave this nigga a line, a whole song. This nigga just started starting this year. <laughs> like, let's be for real. <laughs> Anyways, Jack Harlow's my worst actor. Go. <laughs> I'm gonna keep the hate where it is. Mark. <laughs> Marky Mark. Oh Mark. Yeah, that was horrible. It was horrible. It was just trash. You know, I don't tell people when to retire. But I'm gonna tell but you. I think it's getting to that point where it's like you don't really need to do any more movies, and I think yeah. that's okay. You know, you got the kids, you got the family, you know, you got the uh, the, the, the Wahlberg burger shit. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead; it's okay. It's all right. That's all right. So yeah, that's Mark for you. <laughs> Jack Harlow, Mark Wahlberg, do better. This is unacceptable. No, don't. You don't have to. Just. Skedaddle. <laughs> I feel like that's doing better. <laughs> that is the definition of doing better. Get out of here, nigga. Skedaddle. <laughs> oh, God. But of course, if we're going to do worse actor, we have to do worse actress. Who you got for worse actress, bro? I love her. This is not to attack her character, who she <laughs> is, character. whatever. But Moesha. <laughs> Not even her real name. Nigga said Moesha. Hey, Mo. What up, Mo? <laughs> they love Cinderella. And that's cool. But them days is over. Okay? <laughs> this Christmas movie <laughs> was terrible. And I hate to say that you were the worst part of this terrible thing. Because everyone else around you was terrible. But yeah, Brandy, that just wasn't a good look. I love you 1,000%. But I think it's just time for you two to just, you can sing, you can do reality shows, go kick it with Ray J. But I think it's time to leave this behind because it just wasn't good. <laughs> just, just wasn't good. And I'm, I'm still sad I watched it. But yeah. Damn. Here we are. Well, Moesha, I'm sorry to say that you got that award. 
my award goes to Tony Collette for Mafia Mama. I'm sure nobody has ever seen this fucking movie. I'm sure I'm like 100% sure no one but me and the three people that were in that theater has seen this movie. And I envy all of you because <laughs> you haven't seen it and I had to sit through it. <laughs> Circumstances out of my control. I had to kill some time. This was the only movie that I was playing at the time. And I wanted to, I don't even know what I wanted to do. I wanted to jump off the top row of the movie theater down into the hallway and just end everything because this movie is so bad. If Good Burger 2 was shown in theaters, I think I would have had a better time. And that's saying something because I just gave Good Burger 2 the worst movie of the fucking year. Like, what Tony Collette did in Mafia Mama is something that I don't wish on my worst enemy to see. This movie was insane. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to just let that go. So, Tony Collette, you get my worst actress award. That's fine. Well, guys, we're coming basically to the end here. Um, but this is the big thing, basically, for the Blurties, which is sure. the best movie of the year. Um, you know, we can do honorable missions like, you know, Oppenheimer, um, whatever else we liked. But, <laughs> you know, whether you agree with us or not, that's totally fine. We all mm-hmm. had our own choices. We all connected things differently. But to us, this was the best movie of the year. And we chose. They cloned Tyrone. for dramatic effect. <laughs> Pause for dramatic effect. Nah, but we picked the clone Tyrone. If you listen to this so far, obviously that's one of the main ones I talked about um, a lot. I also gave it to a lot of different categories. But to me, this was the best film of the year. I completely have fun. I won a second one. I believe they can do so much more with this story. Um, and what we just talked about in the last episode, it's just a stepping stone for us to gain back what I feel like we lost in black cinema. And I think this is a good start, a good beginning, whether it's with, you know, Rye Lane, um, blackening, I clone Tyrone, like we showed what we could do. You know, we aren't just limited to bad drama and sadness all the time. So, so they clone Tyrone. Thank you. I had an amazing time watching it. Go ahead, Brad. I mean, I 100% agree. I have nothing to add to that. I mean, They Clone Tyrone, I feel like, is the best movie of the year. And like you said, we could talk about a lot of honorable mentions, like Oppenheimer, even animated movies get in there, too, like Across the Spider-Verse, Nimona, TMNT. I mean... This year was a was a pretty solid year for movies. It was. Like I will say, like I had a great time, even with like Past Lives and Rye Lane, like just a bunch of different movies and a bunch of different genres that were excellent. But I feel like They Clone Tyrone was the movie I had the best time with, and I just felt like it was the best movie of the year. So I agree with every single thing you said, dog. So cool. for the Blurdies, They Clone Tyrone to Jamie Foxx, John Boyega, Tiana Paris. All the cast and crew that worked on that movie, we salute y'all. And just for just for a little extra thing, just for a little sprinkle on top, we're going to talk a little bit about the best TV this year, too. Because as the year comes to a close, I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch that much TV this year. 
Mm-mm. Especially not new stuff. I was rewatching a lot of stuff that Same. I felt like I, I liked when I was younger or just felt like I needed to get a refresher on. Um, but as far as new things this year, the best thing that I have watched is Blue Eye Samurai. I talked about this a little on the TikTok, on Instagram, but Blue Eye Samurai, it's an animated show, adult animation. So if you got young kids, be wary of this when you turn this show on. Because there's a lot of nudity, there's a lot of sex, there's a lot of violence. But the story of this show, of a young mixed-race Japanese woman, hence the blue eye samurai, she has blue eyes, hunting down the white colonizers of her country, trying to fight for revenge, vengeance, justice, and interweaving the culture, the politics of Japan at the time, um, Japanese culture, the samurai culture was handled with such care and the cast was on point. The voice acting was amazing. The action is so top tier. Y'all got to lock in a blue eye samurai. So if you got kids, like I said, if you got young kids, be wary of that. Wait till they get put to bed. Wait till they go to sleep. Turn that on. Um, if you don't got kids, you ain't got nothing to worry about. We grown lock in. Blue Eye Samurai is streaming on Netflix. Just got renewed for season two. Yes. Excited about that. So yes. Blue Eye Samurai, best TV of the year for me. But what you think, dog? No, yeah. I agree with everything you said. That that show, you know. I was like, hey, have you watched this? He was like, nah. I was like, okay. It's time to lock in for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time to lock in. Okay, I need you to watch this so I can talk to you about it. <laughs> But yeah, definitely. I highly recommend that. That to me, it really is. It's like a rated R Mulan. You feel me? So definitely tap into that because it really is. It's well done. Yeah, it's yeah. it's she fucking. She has to, she has yeah. to make everyone believe she's a man too for yep. a minute. Like yep. yeah, the blue eyes. She most of them think she's a dude anyway. So yeah, yeah. or a demon. Or a demon because she really is like. But she really about that shit for real. So, yeah, yeah definitely highly recommend. And, you know, you got to get in quick with Netflix because you never know. Um, <laughs> right. Season two may just be right. it. <laughs> but, yeah, we definitely recommend that one. Another one I watched was called Shrinking. Um, it's on Apple TV. It's with, I don't know his real name, but I call him Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Jason Siegel. Ha! Jason Siegel. There you go. Yes. Jason Siegel. Um, it's his show. Um, and um, what's his name? Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, Jessica Williams are all in that. Um, it's on Apple TV. It's more on the drama side. It does have a good, uplifting feel, but it's basically just about you know him being a psychologist and he loses his wife. So you know, most time here, I think about what psychologists go through in their personal life because they're there to help you. I feel like this was a good thing to showcase and show, like traumatic things also happen to them because they are human and sometimes it's tough to give advice when you need the advice and you need the actual assistance and i just think they do a really good job at showing that and i don't know if there's a season two but to me i think it's a good watch if you are into stuff like that um so yeah check it out hell yeah and Hmm. just like that the included this is the last episode of 2023. Again, we want to thank you all for rocking with us this far. I know we just came back, but there's so much more in store coming in 2024. 
We're going to lock in with y'all. Like I said, every single week, there's going to be a new episode. Talking our shit, making y'all laugh, making y'all feel seen. As y'all make us feel seen. So thank you so much for locking in. You got anything to say, bro? No, for real. Thank y'all. For real. Um, Follow that Twitter if you haven't. You know, most of y'all already follow my brother. But if you want to follow me on TikTok, McFly Smith, that's the name. I don't post. But hey. (laughs) Stuff is on there from previous times in life. Nah, we're Um, doing better in 2024, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, with all that, go ahead. Um, But yeah, shout out to y'all for real. Um, Obviously, the strike slowed us down this year. Um, but we are back. We do want to be consistent. We do want to make a name for ourselves. So if y'all can continue to rock with us, we'll see what we can do. Shake things up. 2024 for real. We love y'all. Stay black. <clears throat> Blurdies. <laughs> Have a happy new year, y'all. Stay safe. You've been rocking with J-Rock. McFly Smith. Yay! <laughs>